Good morning. It is Monday, April 3rd, 2023. The House and Senate are on recess, and this is D.C. Signal to Noise. Since we last spoke, agency secretaries and administrators paraded in front of Congress to defend budget requests. Former President Donald Trump was indicted. Severe weather battered the Midwest with numerous tornadoes and widespread destruction. Another blizzard is churning up for the northern and central plains and more severe weather for the Midwest. Iowa and LSU played for the NCAA Women's Championship. Congrats to the LSU Tigers for last night's big win or yesterday afternoon's big win. San Diego State and UConn play for the Men's Championship tonight and... Another season of Major League Baseball got started. Welcome to you all. Glad that you're with us. I'm AgriTalk host Chip Flory, and that is pro-former policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Good morning, Jim. Yeah, I wonder why they didn't play that women's game at night, because it's attracted a lot of attention. Oh, huge attention. Yeah. Huge attention for women's basketball. Uh, The Iowa-South Carolina game, had more basketball viewers than the NBA All-Star game. Wow. I think five and a half million, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a huge number. Um, that uh, that was a, a much more fun game to watch. Unfortunately, I, now, before I say this, I will say this. If Iowa could have stopped LSU from making a three or a, a bucket at all in the second quarter, and if they could have gotten a uh, defensive rebound, if Iowa could have gotten defensive rebounds in the in, in the fourth quarter, I think the game would have ended differently. It was so unfortunate, though, that the refs inserted themselves into the game the, the way that they did on both sides, on both sides. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not picking sides on this, but the, the, the conversation on social media was yes. off the charts yeah, after I saw the that. game yesterday. Yeah, I saw that in, mo- in all accounts that I read. Uh, it got yeah. too aggressive uh, on that one. Well, here's my ring. Here's my ring. There, yeah, right here, baby. I'm just, no talking, I'm just talking about the player for LSU. <laughs> <laughs> Not too classy, but they no. won. Hey, you know what? And and that was in response to what Caitlin Clark had done earlier. I, yeah. Kate. Caitlin is not afraid to to talk trash and she will respond if someone on the other team says something to her first. She's going to say something. Yeah. And uh uh but it was a little different following her around on the floor trying to get her attention. That was <laughs> that that seemed weird. Okay, Jim, quick question. Do you know what happened 50 years ago today? No? No. Motorola made the first cell phone call 50 oh. years ago. Artac or what was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And they, they called, uh, he no, called that was the, the brick. Who, you mean the brick, <clears throat> the brick. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. And then he, he made 50. the call to a rival over at bell to let him know that he was calling him on a cell phone. You want to talk about trash talk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the ultimate yeah. trash talk. That's right where you there. literally want to hang up. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Okay, buddy. How you doing? Everything good? Pretty good. Pretty good yep. here. I don't, I don't know even how your know recovery's if, coming. I don't even know if the Nationals won yet. I didn't even look. Yeah. I don't know uh, whether we're 0-3 or not. Uh, the the Cubs uh, started off one and zero and are now one and two, so 
Uh, Melody, good morning. She is already in on the comments section. If you would like to participate in the conversation this morning, have a question for Jam or for me uh, that, that you would like to ask, please go ahead and do that. And uh, the comments tab, is there someplace on your screen to do that? Well, Melody is asking about a report that came out last, what, Friday, Chip, on prospective yep. plantings. There, uh, she's asking whether there's enough seed of corn. Well, I would say yes, there is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if there isn't enough seed, they'll grow enough seed. They've still got, they can still do so in Brazil. They can still do so in Chile. They've got all, all kinds yes. of, uh, of options to make sure that there's enough seed to go around. And there should be uh, enough fertilizer as well. Yeah, yes, I, I, I would say, I would say. And, you know, I've had two or three people text me this morning saying, where did all those acres come from? Well, they took a couple million acres from cotton, and I think they still could take even more from cotton to put onto corn first, soybean second. Um, and then the, they got the prevent plant acres back in the Northern Plains. That's another yes. issue. But, Jim... Um, there's still four foot of snow on the gr on the ground in some areas of North Dakota, two foot of snow in other areas. Uh, it they really haven't melted that much, and they've got another storm coming. Yeah, in the next forty eight hours. And Melody asks, "What's the futures price impact?" Well, it it's to be determined actually, because on the surface you got more corn that would have been slightly negative, but as Chip said, you got to get it planted. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and that's a, I, I wrote my column for the Next Farm Journal magazine yesterday afternoon, Jim, or actually over the noon hour. I had to get it done before the game was on, of course. Uh, but uh, I start with, okay, now we got to get 92 million acres of corn planted is how I start the column. But then if you assume that it does get planted and, and assume – a harvested rate of, you know, somewhere between 91 and 91.5%, and you assume the trend line yield of 181.5, it does put upward pressure on the carryover for the end of the 2023-24 marketing year, which does put downside pressure on the price that was projected by USDA at the Ag Outlook Forum, which was $5.60 for a national uh, on-farm cash price. It would pull down on that. On Although soy, the stocks report indicated tightness. Yeah, yeah, but it, not tight enough. Okay. Not tight enough. Uh, not from the work that I did on it. It would pull down on that price from five sixty. dollars uh, Soybeans, um, the tighter stock situation, plus, you know, I don't know if you can get all the way to 300 million bushels on carryover at the end of the 23-24. So, 1275, something like that, for a national average on farm cash price was kind of the work that I put in on it. Okay. So, okay. Um, let's take a look at some other issues from last week. And, and Jim, it was a parade of, uh, of administrative uh, secretaries and administrators, uh, agency administrators uh, that went before Congress last week. Start with Secretary Vilsack. What were some of the highlights? Well, he appeared three times, Chip, and uh, he he did get uh, queried on a couple of things, uh, primarily on the com use of commodity credit corporation. Now, the even Republican lawmakers acknowledged uh, uh, they left in a loophole uh, that gave him more discretionary authority, and of course, Vilsack 
used it. And then Vilsack said relative to the billions of dollars he tapped it for in the in the uh, climate uh, change area, Chip, he said farm groups, including Farm Bureau and others, pressed him to do that. Uh, yeah. So he, he countered uh, with that. And of course, we had the questions on the food stamp uh, uh, funding and worker requirements and things like that. While it was an expanded discussion on, on lengthy issues that we've already talked about earlier this year. Yeah, yeah, very much. Uh, what about the highlights of the testimony from EPA Administrator Regan? Well, he, of course, it, it centered in part for the Aggies on the waters of the U.S. rule. Yeah. And he keeps on saying that uh, it, it uh, by putting out a new EPA Biden administration rule, uh, you know, definition, if you will, on WOTUS, it gives them just flexibility whenever the Supreme Court comes out with their ruling. It'll be easier to adjust, he said. That remains to be seen, but he was fielded with a lot of questions, Chip. It's just and, still uncertainty on that topic. Yeah, we, we should make note that he did make some comments on E15 and year-round availability. Uh, yes, uh, it's, but, you know, they, they need to come out with an announcement. Now, we did yeah. get uh, good news uh, mm -hmm. from Japan on Friday uh, that U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai announced uh, with the change in their in their biofuels policy, it could mean millions of dollars in exports of uh, U.S. ethanol yeah. to, uh, uh, you know, Japan. So, so that is a good development. Yep. Okay, uh, Homeland Security Administrator Mayorkas was grilled uh, in front of Congress, and then he followed up with an appearance on 60 Minutes last night. It, it was, uh, it, it, he almost took it as an, an opportunity to diffuse some of the issues on 60 Minutes. It, it seemed like a weird combination. Uh, yeah, well, even some Democrats are really equeasy when it comes to him, Chip, because he yeah. keeps on saying the border is secure and we know it's not. Of course, some people go a bit overboard on the fentanyl side that he's killing a lot of uh, children. Uh, that's a twofold thing. It brings China into the equation. Yeah. The border is not secure on that. Uh, but it's also an American problem, too, because they're buying the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but he is the most negative defined cabinet secretary in the Biden administration, <laughs> almost from the get go because of his lack of being truthful, if you will, yeah. on the on the border. Uh, right. On the you know, remember the horses, uh, you know, the horse bit uh, there yeah. that they were proven wrong, and they still they still didn't acknowledge that they were wrong. Well, and they didn't do anything, as I understand. As I understand, they didn't do anything for the for for the uh, border agents that were were you know suspended. They, yes, they didn't bring them back. No, we just need a clearing of of the people uh, involved with that. Hopefully, we'll we'll get there. Okay, uh, we better get to this, Jim, because it, it is the news in the markets here today and over the weekend. OPEC Plus cut. Uh, it's uh, it's oil output projections. So what are the details here? Well, this has smacks of Putin uh, working with the uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, Chip. Remember, he said he'd get back at the U.S. and Western allies for how they priced uh, world uh, oil. And uh, you had a cut 
it's going to be over a million barrels a day. Uh, and that was a surprise uh, that came out. Uh, what I know it was over the weekend because I wrote yep. about it then. And uh, so now crude oil is back in the news because, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, WTI crude futures, which is U.S. futures, they surged past $81 a barrel at the open. That's the yep. highest point since January. And, of course, the White House said, uh, you know, they disagreed with the announcement, but it's going to lead to higher gasoline prices, Chip, no doubt about it. And the world uh, crude, Brent uh, crude, opened at its uh, you know best level in nearly a month, and it's over $86 a barrel, or at least it was earlier this morning. So you have all sorts of uh, analysts, including Goldman Sachs, altering their oil, uh, oil production and price yeah. forecast. Okay, May WTI gapped sharply higher this morning and actually opened just above 80 cents a barrel, traded as high as 81.69, backed all the way off to 79 and is currently at about 79.73, which is up more than $4 a barrel. Hmm. Um, so it is a legitimate big move, I would guess. I would guess that it's going to have an impact on the grain trade when things get started here in just a couple of minutes. Yes. Yes. Um, and there's not much more the Biden administration can do because they've, you know, that they've <clears throat> tapped uh, the uh, yeah, uh, strategic petroleum reserve. And in fact, there's been some conjecture that Saudi Arabia was upset at the Biden administration uh, when they declined to refill the SBR when crude prices were very low earlier this year, Chip. So that, 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 so they decided to get some payback. Um, you know, I'll have to, I'll have to disagree. There's more that he could do. I mean, you got to ask yourself why they did what they did. And oh, the you mean production? Was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that takes a while. Well, it does take a while, but um, the whole uh, the energy policy of the current administration has opened the door for stuff like this. Yes. Um, by reducing U.S. production, we created BRICSA. Okay. Uh, put an SA on the end of the brick. And who would have thunk, thought that that it would happen as quickly as it has? Now, I'm not saying that they just started talking two weeks ago. It, it, the conversation has been happening for quite some time. I get that. But the creation of the BRICSA countries now is, uh, I, I feel intimidated by it, Jim. Well, that gets into all sorts of policies, Chip. And I know I sent you a draft uh, uh, article that I have wrote uh, for Pro Farmer maybe this week on the impact of challenging the dollar. And those countries you mentioned are a big force in that. Yep. Okay. It takes a while. Okay. Uh, as long as we're talking about the dollar's default policy uh, uh, status, uh, let's go to a question or a comment here from Gary. And I haven't been all the way through it yet. So this one's coming off unedited to you, Jim. China buying LG from France in yen instead of the dollar. I think that'd be yon. Yon or however you say it. The yuan. Chinese currency. Yuan. Yeah, Remni or yuan. Okay. Instead of the dollar is officially the end of the dollar's line reserve currency status. Chip, I agree with the guest you had on last week. While I think military is capable, I do not see this administration 
saving the dollar. That is if China's balloon, China balloons and Afghanistan are examples. Okay, that's pretty weak examples. Yep. Uh, also, this started with kicking Russia out of SWIFT. Horrible decision, leaving them with no other options, no golden roads. So that's that gets back to how we got to where we're at. Absolutely. And that's part of our special report if it runs this week. Uh, you, you've had the factors that create a dollar competitor is the rise of other major currencies, your old Japanese yen, the yuan, digital currencies and cryptocurrencies, uh, shifts in power dynamics. And that's what we're talking about. The geopolitical landscape, including the rise of those emerging economies in China and Russia, and then the multipolar uh, reserve currency system. Now, uh, Mark Chandler, I don't know whether you remember him, Chip, in the mm -hmm. early days of uh, Oster Communications, uh, yes. uh, Futures World News, he was one of the uh, uh, reporters for us, and now he's chief market strategist for uh, Bannockburn Global Forex, and he's a smart thinker. And he writes a story about will China's currency be the next power currency in Barron's this week. So I would suggest reading that. And he he just says he's no. Uh, he says China may be Saudi Arabia's biggest customer, but there's no sign that the Saudis will price oil in yuan. It makes no sense on several levels, including the Saudi officials, the Saudi currency, the real, is pegged to the dollar. So uh, you've got uh, points and counterpoints all over the place. But, you know, it was mentioned on the... Uh, uh, on the SWIFT, and China put together a SWIFT substitute. It's called SIPS, the Cross-Border Interbank Payment System, and they have already 1,400 participants processing $13 trillion, Chip. So that's the beginning of a alternative, even though it history says it takes decades, really, to yeah. replace any world currency. And now we've got other countries, Cambodia and Iraq, have confirmed they plan to uh, conduct more trade in the yuan. Uh, so what we, we see some, some uh, sh uh, clear shifts going on here. Yeah. In the past, it has taken decades. I think uh, there are some of these issues that you mentioned, you know, digital currencies and, and just that the world moves faster now than what it did even yes. 20 years ago. Jim, that uh, it could speed it up, but it still it still would take time. I agree, I agree. I mean, I I, I would think that when I end my career, the dollar is still going to be the default currency. I I I I just don't see how it can can happen that fast. Maybe it does. Maybe well, it does. it's the rule of law that that uh, uh, the U.S. favors yeah. the U.S. Uh, dollar as opposed to the lack of law in China and right. Russia. And okay, others. we better move on. Yes. President Biden is not willing to talk about spending cuts uh, to get negotiations on the debt ceiling started, Jim. Yeah, and there's even end to rounds that Democrats and Republicans are talking about, Chip, but uh, they put the kibosh on that over the weekend saying, no, 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 no. We, we want to see uh, your plan you know, Republicans of how you're going to do the budget, then we'll start talking. So this is the uh, eye of the tiger on, on this issue. They're not doing anything. Okay. Uh, Gary makes an interesting point, which, which speeds it up here. He says, but does this administration care about petrodollar 
if I'm going to, I'm going to replace is with if, if goal is to be done with oil in 2035. I'd have to think through that. Yeah, I do uh, too, Gary. Yeah. Uh, That, that might be another one of those, uh, one of those factors, one of those issues that, that speeds it, speeds the, the progression. But I don't know if it, if it makes it happen. Uh, but, you know, this always spurs cool. interest in electric vehicles, Chip. You know that one. Mm-hmm. And I over the weekend, I went with a friend, and we went to about five dealerships. And I was just amazed of the lack of inventory still. Honda, uh, he eventually bought a 2023 Honda Accord, which is a very good car. But while we were negotiating, two other couples uh, came and mm-hmm. wanted the same car. So, you know, it's, it's, it's wild because of the lack of uh, inventory. And I just want to look at an Ionic 6, a pure electric car. you got to get on a waiting list for them. They're Jeez. just not available. Jim, you just described what might be one of my nightmares, taking you along to do a negotiation on a new vehicle. <laughs> Holy smokes. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why my friends that, picked me. <laughs> that is a dear friend. Don't lose that one. Don't lose that one. Uh, How about the Russian military blogger that was killed with a Trojan bomb? Yeah. She handed it to him, and then the thing went off. Yeah. It shows. uh, Now, uh, uh, Ukraine is saying this was a disgruntled uh, Russian about the war. Part of the division. Yeah. Within Russia. Russia says it's clearly Ukraine, but it shows an escalation, Jeff. That's the point. It shows they're getting inside Russia, and that elevates it. That elevates it. Boy, that's hand-delivered right there. Yes. In front of people, people that were injured yes. in the blast. But okay. we, we are seeing lots of change in the Ukraine-Russia war. Now, we talked about last week, I guess, Cargill pulling out, in, yep. a, in a sense, not totally. And Viterra. Uh, because they're still going to be involved. And But uh Putin is using the export taxes to fund that war chip yeah. so he wants even more control on Ukraine uh, exports and he's getting it yep okay Congress is on a two week Easter recess but there's still some some um, uh, panel discussions and so on that we need to pay attention to. On Tuesday, disaster aid and crop insurance reforms, the American Enterprise Institute for Public Policy Research is having a uh, discussion titled Reforming the Federal Crop Insurance and Disaster Aid Programs. That's an important one to watch. That's an important one to watch and some little perspective here. AEI is a very conservative think tank, okay? And they have uh, really taken significant shots at the subsidies and the crop insurance program. So it will, that out in front, I wanted to say that. So uh, we'll have to see. But they've got some pretty good uh, people uh, speaking uh, at, at that CONFAB Tuesday. So definitely we're covering it. Okay. On Wednesday, CFTC Ag Panel, uh, t- it's a, they're having a teleconference uh, of the Ag Advisory Committee on the issues related to the ag economy. What's going on with this one? 
Well, a host of reasons on the logistics side. Uh, they'll bring up the fertilizer side, the railroad system, et cetera. That'll be another good one. In a slow week, in con no week in Congress, we right. have these two important hearings that affect the ag sector. And, of course, the troubles that we've had issuing the CFTC Commitments of Traders report will probably be brought up as well because that affected the markets. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It did. I didn't realize how much I missed the commitment of traders or how much I used yeah. the commitment of traders uh, data until it was gone. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, the market needs that information. My but opinion. this is the good side of CFTC chip because it's bringing stakeholders in the industry there to talk about uh, sensitive issues, but that's always good as far as I'm concerned, you know, air yeah. them out. Yep, absolutely. U.S. Trade Representative Chief Ag Negotiator Doug McCallop is going to be traveling to Brazil on Friday. Yeah, that's to talk ethanol. So that's yeah. going to see. Yeah, that's another potential positive thing about uh, U.S. Uh, uh, ethanol chip. So we we've got yeah. some positive news going on there. Hey, the Next Generation Fuels Act was reintroduced. 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 <laughs> What's going on? Uh, it... I, haven't, I haven't covered it that much, as you know, because usually when a bill is reintroduced, it has even lower odds of getting through than it did the first time. Yeah. But I'll, I'll continue to watch it. But yeah. uh, this Congress chip is at loggerheads on almost every issue, including that yeah. one. Yeah, you know, the, the one thing I go back to, I think it was Ford decided to make a big investment on the next generation ice engine and uh, uh, or the next generation of the internal combustion engine. Um, it, it, that makes me think that the possibility is there that, that if the automakers do get engaged with the potential of the next gen fuels act, it, that, that that could change the outlook for that piece of legislation, I think. And even in the administration, once they hopefully realize that these new fuels uh, will help meet their goals in some areas, yeah. uh, they could they could be turned around. So, oh, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't give up. Right. All right. Okay. Uh, House Speaker is expected to meet, well, I should start with House Minority Leader Jeffries has already met with the president of, of Taiwan, Taiwan, correct? Yeah, over the uh, Friday, at the, over the weekend. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and China has already uh, thrown out some bombshell quotes that there would be retaliation. But uh, I'm not seeing the nervousness that it was following uh, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to right. Taiwan. So I think this will blow over, Chip. Well, uh, he's uh, House Speaker McCarthy is going to meet with him this week at some point, isn't he? Yes, in California. In okay. California. Yeah. Okay. And uh, let's see, before we get to that one, on the economic front, we get the March employment data is going to be released on, on Friday, Friday when markets on are Friday closed. With the markets closed. <laughs> yeah. Heads up there. Man, yeah. oh, man. Well, the, uh, the oil price situation, if we go up another 25 cents on gasoline prices, which some people are saying, that puts another whole hold on the Fed. You know what I mean? That they yeah. should just hold off of doing anything. Right. On right. interest rates. 
Uh, we get the restart of the weekly crop progress reports today. Uh, that's going to give us the first national winter wheat crop ratings of the spring. And on Tuesday, former President Donald Trump is expected to appear in court for his arraignment following his indictment last week by Manhattan Grand Jury on more than 30 counts related to business fraud. Yes, and Tuesday night he'll be back at Mar-a-Lago to give a speech. So yes. there's both sides of that one. It's just a ugly uh, development in the history of our great country. That's about what I'll say. You know, there were it. there were several district attorneys that looked at the same charges over the last, what is it, seven, eight years? It's been a while, yes. yeah. Yeah over the last seven or eight years and could not figure out how to elevate the misdemeanors to a felony charge. Yeah. And they would have brought it just as happily as what the current DA is seems to be bringing it. Yeah. Well, um, that's why we need to see the indictment un unsealed. We got to see what the reasoning is, Chip. And we'll, 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 we'll see Tuesday. Yep. Uh, it sounds like, uh, uh, former president Trump is going to, uh, surrender, uh, you know, uh, willingly. Yes. Uh, it does not sound like uh, they're going to get the perp walk with the, you know, he's not going to be handcuffed No. as he enters the, the court building. Uh, but they will get their, they, they will mug get shot. their mug shot. Yeah. And that's what they want. And there are some people out there that say, if he gets his mug shot, he's going to use it more effectively than the Democrats will. And it will be Trump versus Biden again. No yeah. question in 2020. Yeah. Uh, the, the people I respect in the election watching are, have started upping their odds that we're going to have a Biden Trump uh, uh, battle again for the uh, you know, presidency. And it looks like okay. that's who the Democrats want because it'll be up to the independents and the women voters again. And uh, right. Trump doesn't have a good history in, in, in that regard. At least that's the democratic strategy. Uh, some people say, all right, I just got some good news. I mean, just this moment, uh, we are going to have, uh, uh, Phil Flynn from, uh, price futures group, the energy analyst there. He's excellent. He's going to be on the show this morning, along with machinery Pete. We really appreciate that happening. Jim, good work here this morning. Thank you so much. Come, yeah, come back for AgriTalk. 10.06 Central Time and 2.06 Central Time. We'll be talking markets this afternoon, obviously. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and watching today. Have a great week. Keep watching for those signals.